What a beautiful day it is this morning. I had to go back out to the car and come back in. It's the first time I could remember that there's no place to park. It's full. What a wonderful thing. Thank you for being here. As it's been mentioned, if you consider yourself a visitor, you are our honored guest. I hope you'll find that the things that I have to say are according to God's will because that is my desire. I have for your consideration this morning a lesson about little things. Often, it's the little things that count. Now, before we really get started, I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to talk about that for about 15 or 20 minutes, but I, Lord willing, and I make it through the lesson, we'll get there, okay? So this is sort of a preview of a preview, okay? That's where we're going. Last week... In Ian's lesson they had, he talked about some teachings of Jesus that are not easy to do. And I don't know whether you've really thought about that a lot, but a lot of the things that Jesus wants us to do is not easy. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them, those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you and pray for those who despitefully use you and persecute you. Is that easy to do? Ian talked about that last week a little. It's not. But it's what God and what Christ expects us as Christians to strive to do, to show love to people. Love your enemies. Pray for them that spitefully use you and persecute you. That's got to be, that is hard. Don't say got to be hard. So sometimes some of Jesus' teachings are not easy. And what Riley read to this morning, I don't know where you really paid much attention or thought about this in this way, but what he said is not easy. In Luke 12 and 25, it says, And which of you, by worrying, can add one cubic to your statue? If you then are not able to do the least, why are you anxious for the rest? Why don't we worry? Why are we anxious? It's real easy for me to stand up here and say, well, you just put your trust in the Lord, which is true. <laughs> but it ain't that easy. Later on in that, that what Riley read to, you, to us, it said, and do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. For all these things the nation of the world seek after, and your Father knows that you need these things. But seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added to you. If we have enough faith and we lay our problems at Jesus' feet, he promises to take care of us. But that's hard. That's not easy. In the parallel verses that we find in Matthew, he ends this way and says, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Christ preached to us and teaches us not to worry. But worry and distress are common to man. It's something that is really hard for us to do something about. We're creatures 
and we worry and we have distresses. Now for a couple examples, men of high faith, men that we look up to that still worried. The Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 11 said, Three times I was beaten with a rod. Once I was stoned. Three times was I shipwrecked. A night and a day I had been in the deep. And he continues to list all of the things that, he, that had happened to him because of his belief. But he says in the 28th verse, Besides the other things, what comes up upon me daily, my deep concern for all of the churches. Think about it. Christ sent Paul out gave him the Holy Spirit and said, I want you to go out and teach to the Gentiles. And he spread congregations all over that part of the, of the world. And he would teach with them and be with them and then he would get up and move to somewhere else and he'd say, I wonder how they're doing. Are they faithful? Did they understand what they should be doing? Did they understand what I taught them? And he worried about it. He said, my deep concern was all of these congregations I've started... How are they doing? He couldn't pick up and text, you know. He couldn't call them on the phone. It was a long time between getting information. Look what he said in 1 Thessalonians 3. But now that Timothy has come to us from you and brought us good news of your faith and love and that you always have good remembrance of us, greatly desiring to see us and as we also to see you, Therefore, brethren, in all our afflictions and distress, we were comforted concerning you by your faith. Now, first of all, he got some good news from Timothy about the Thessalonians, and they were doing a great job. And he was thankful. But he did say, it helped me through my affliction and distress. He was concerned about them. He was got good news, but he was concerned. Look what he did and said in Philippians 4 and 14. Nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress. You don't think the Apostle Paul worried about things? He did. Did he leave them to Jesus and pray for them? He did. I am sure. But he still was human. And he worried about things. We go back to the Old Testament, we find that, that David had just escaped the clutches of Saul and was nearly, had nearly been caught and killed. And he says in 2 Samuel 22, In my distress I called upon the Lord and cried out to my God. He heard my voice from his temple and my cry entered his ears. Two things to point out here. David had distresses, he had worries, he had concerns. He had concerns for his life. In this case, he had concerns for the men that were with him in their lives. But he did the right thing. He cried unto the Lord. He cried in the Lord because no, he knows that God hears him. And the cry entered into his ear. He said in Psalms 25 and 16, Turn yourself to me, speaking of God, and have mercy on me, for I am desolate and afflicted. The troubles of my heart have enlarged. Bring me out of my distresses. If you go back and read the story of David, there were lots of times he was in trouble. And there was lots of times he needed the Lord. And there were lots of times that he had a weight of Israel, the nation, on his shoulders. He was the king. In Psalms 121, in my distress I cried to the Lord and he heard me. 
David had worries. David was distressed. David had problems, but he knew what to do with them. He gave them to the Lord. Again, not an easy thing for us to do, but he did. And to say that he didn't worry and didn't have distress is not what the scriptures say he did. But he, he found a way to handle it. Let me ask you a question. Over the last six months, how has the stress level been in your life? It's been high in mine. We first started off worrying about whether we're going to get COVID. And then we worried about whether we saw that the elderly people were killing, were dying from COVID. And we were worried about our aunts and our uncles and our grandparents and our parents. Were they going to get COVID? And then they shut the nation down. And when they shut the nation down, those at work said, well, am I going to get a job? How am I going to feed my family? Where am I going to get money for that? And then they let out school early. And we had to figure out what to do with the kids and what are they doing? And what's their stress level? I don't know about you, but I think it's been a very stressful time, probably the most stressful time for this nation in my lifetime. How did you handle it? One thing is, you and I as children of God, brothers and sisters with Christ, we're redeemed. And because we're redeemed, we have blessings that the world does not have. For he is here, the Lord is here to take care of us, and God listens to those that believe in him. In 1 Corinthians 12 and 24, we find here a description that Paul has about the human body and compares the human body to the body of Christ. We're all familiar with it where he talks about the various parts of the body and how that they take care of each other. And he compares that. It's a model about the church, about the membership therein. Here he says, but our, pres- our presentable parts have no need, but God composed the body, having given greater honor to the parts which lack it, lacks it, that there shall be no chism or division in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Going back to his his analogy, if I get out of bed in the morning and I walk around the bed and I kick my little toe against the bedpost, it's less than 1% of my body. But the rest of my body knows what I did. And the rest of the body will protect it till it stops hurting and it heals. And the rest of the body will say, we're not going to do that again. Of course, we do. We forget. And we do it again. But the the body knows that that little toe needs the rest of the body. As members of this body, this congregation, the body of Christ, we need to know that we need each other. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. In Galatians 6 and 2, Paul said, Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. In God's infinite plan, he put together the church. And in the church, he put it together as congregations of believing children. Therefore, you and I are to bear one another's burdens 
just like Christ did, for that fulfills his law. 1 John 4 and 11 says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we all also to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If you love one another, God abides with us, and his love has been perfected in us. But this we know, that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us his spirit. We ought to love one another, just like Christ loved us. 1 Peter 1 and 22 says, Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit, in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. I need to love you because you are my brother or my sister. And you need to love me. Because as members together, we need to honor together and suffer together, just like the body does. Philippians 4 and 10 says, But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again. Though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Now that I speak in regard to need, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned at whatsoever state I am to be content. Nevertheless, you have done well with your share in my distress. He says, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. If you read on down there in Philippians, the fourth chapter, you'll find what he's talking about is the Philippian brethren were the only church that helped him when he went to Macedonia in that area. And later on, he went to Thessalonica, and they sent things for him. I don't know whether it was money or food or clothing or what, but they handled his necessities, what he needed. And he says, I know that you cared, but you really didn't have the opportunity. These things came along. And now that you have the opportunity, you showed me your love. And you showed the fact that you shared in my distresses. About three months ago, maybe four now, my wife got some migraine headaches. Now, that's not unusual for my wife. She's had them for years. But these migraine headaches lasted much longer than normal, were much more severe than normal, and there were many of them. She was basically uh, couldn't do anything for days on end. That's unusual. She goes to the doctor, and the doctor says, well, I was going to hold this off test till later, but since you're having this problem, let's go have a CAT scan. So they took her in, she got a CAT scan, and came out, and they said, yes, you have an aneurysm, we think. We're not sure, because the test isn't that great, but we think you have an aneurysm. That worried my wife. Give you a little background. Her mother died of an aneurysm. She was the one who took care of her in the hospital. She was the one that had to make the final decisions. Aneurysms are hereditary. So you can see where my wife was coming from. Well, they said, we've got to run another test to make sure it's an aneurysm and to really figure out what it is, and that's going to be a little more invasive, invasive test. And we're going to put some dye in your, your veins, and we're going to take pictures of your head and see the blood flow. Okay, let's do it. Well, because of COVID, they put it off. And then because of doctors' things and things, they put it off. And my wife wants to know, is there any way... Knowing is much better than unknowing, and we all know that. 
so she didn't know. And, of course, we looked on the Internet. That's, boy, that's the greatest thing to do, right? <laughs> so you pull it up on the Internet, and it says, sure enough, aneurysms that are leaking cause, guess what, migraine headaches, severe ones. So now she's really concerned, okay? And she was struggling day to day waiting on that test. And then she said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go talk to some of the members of the church. And I'm going to get the ladies to pray for me. And I'm going to get them to write in this blank little pink book verses that are comfortable to them. And then I'm going to read what they have written. And hopefully that will help. Now, I want to go back one. If you were not in that group that did this, remember, it's not that she didn't know that you cared, because surely you do. It's just you weren't here. The opportunity wasn't right, or for whatever reason like that, but she knew that all care. Well, she got a lot of people. My family from other places in Austin, North Carolina, all texted verses of comfort and prayer. And she wrote them in the book, or the people wrote them in the book. I want to share just a few of them. There are a lot in here, and there's too many for us to go on this morning. It'd be too long. But the first one, to me, is the most powerful. Simplicity is power, for whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in you. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered me from all my fears. We read those earlier that David did that. He sought the Lord. And the Lord, the Lord delivered him. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Fear not. Why? Because I'm God. And I'm your God. And I have made everything. So don't fear. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knows those who trust in him. God knows us. He doesn't know the world as he knows us. He knows who we are. And we should trust in him. In the New Testament, we read there from Philippians 4 already, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasseth all understanding, will guard your heart and minds through Christ Jesus. Be anxious for nothing. And the way you do that is through prayer and asking, supplication. The prayers that were offered up on my wife's behalf were wonderful. And the supplication of asking for her was wonderful. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. This is what Jesus said to his apostles just before he left the earth, he left them. He says, I'm going to give you peace, and it's not like the peace of the world. It's peace because it comes from me, it comes from God. And of course, Psalms 23rd. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. 
He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. In the book. The Lord is our shepherd. He is there to take care of us. As David said, I won't need anything. Because I know who my shepherd is. We sang this song a while ago. I asked Nathan to lead it. Oh, the things we may do. Have you lifted a stone from your brother's way as he struggles along life's road? Have you lovingly touched some frail, torn-worn hand, shared with him one their heavy load? There was a heavy load for my wife, and you shared. You lifted it. Thank you. Just a word or a song as we're passing along. They will count in the great by and by. One of the ladies here, and I'm not going to mention who, picked up the phone and called my wife and sang a song to her. A cappello, over the phone, every verse, every refrain. It was wonderful. Lifted her spirits because you knew someone cared. Spend just a second. Not only are the, de- the, the redeemed blessed, but those who bless are blessed. In 1 Peter 4 and 8 it says, And above all things have fervent love for one another, for the love will cover a multitude of sins. Mark 9 and 41. For whosoever giveth you a cup of water to drink in my name, because you belong to Christ, assuredly, I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. Often it's the little things that count. Now a lot of times, you do a good deed, I do a good deed, and we don't see the results of the good deed right away. We don't know if it really helped or not helped. Well, let me tell you about what happened here. Nancy's primary physician gave her a pill that she could take before she went and had this procedure because he knew that she was anxious and nervous and worried. He said, this pill will help. It will relax you. It will drug you, and you'll feel better about it if you want to take it. Well, what she told me the morning that we left to go over there, she says, I don't need no pill. I got this. She read it all the way over to Amarillo, did the procedure, and it was great. And through your prayers and the grace of God, they said, yep, you got an aneurysm, but it's not very bad, and it shouldn't be a problem. What a wonderful thing. Finally, in 1 Peter 3, 8 and 9, finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another, Love as brothers, be tenderhearted, be uh, uh, courageous. Not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling. But on the contrary, blessings. Knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. You and I, as children of God, have been called. The scriptures are plain there. I don't know why I got picked. I don't know why you got picked, but we got picked. And we were called to do what? Good things for each other. 
knowing that you are called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. I told you I was going to get around to this topic. Often it's the little things that count. Let me tell you, if you have not been baptized for the remission of your sins by realizing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, confessing your sins and repenting thereof and having them washed away, you're not in this body. You're not part of this group, and we want you to be. The love that's here is great. This congregation has great love. We want you to be a part of it. As we stand and sing two verses of the song selected. Jesus has called me.